Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. Uh, last week, we started this series called Staying on track. And uh, we, we begin with this message about hearing and obeying God's voice, that if we're going to stay on track in this new year, in this new decade, then it involves hearing and obeying God's voice together. It's not just doing one or the other. It's doing both together. And if you missed it, you just need a refresher. I encourage you to get on our website, victoryorlando.com. There's a link to our audio podcast, or if you prefer to have video, you know, maybe you watch videos in the background at work or something, you can subscribe on our YouTube channel and, and, and experience it that way. Uh, just by a show of hands today, how many of you would say that you enjoy opening something new? Come on, I know I do. When you get that brand new pair of shoes and you put them on, they feel like extra cushiony, you know, and you're like walking on clouds. There's no scuff marks and they look all good. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you got that new uh, shirt for Christmas or the new pants and it's all soft and extra fluffy and it smells good and it's all nice and pressed and it doesn't look wrinkly like it's been in the wash. You know what I'm saying? It's new. It feels good. Or maybe it's that new car smell. Somebody can testify about the new car smell. Maybe you got that new-to-you car smell. Hopefully it's the good new-to-you car smell and not the funky one because those are out there too. The new-to-you car smell. You know, a new car is great, you know, because when you get in that new car and you're driving it, it just drives smooth and it drives straight and the buttons aren't even faded off yet on the radio, you know what I'm saying? And it it just is a nice ride. It smells good. It's just smooth. But what happens is the more that you drive that ride and you, you know, we have great streets here in Central Florida, but occasionally there's there's that pothole, you know, or you got the, the bumpy road, you know, you're driving a bumpy road. And what happens is that the alignment in our cars start to get off a little bit, and it doesn't seem to drive as smooth or as straight as it used to. I hope you don't ever drive without your hands, but sometimes, you know, and you're like, it'll drift off a little bit. Don't try that at home, right? But it, it just by the natural course of driving our cars, sometimes they get off track. They get out of alignment. And we can notice it in different ways. Sometimes it's in how the car handles. Sometimes it's in, you know, when you're driving and you're driving straight, but your steering wheel's a little tilted and maybe you're a little OCD and you're like, ah, you know, because your steering wheel's crooked, but you're going straight and you know, like, it's because your car is out of alignment. And it's just how life is sometimes, right? We get going in a direction and we're going along and just life is going on and just, it's just so easy for things, uh, as things come our way, just to get just slowly, slowly off track. And before we even realize it, everything's out of whack, everything's out of alignment and just getting crazy. Sometimes it's not even anything we did wrong or anything bad. It's just life is that way sometimes. And the same is true in our spiritual life. That, man, we get going in a direction with God sometimes. We get going, and just life gets busy sometimes. Things start happening, start pulling on our hearts. Things start pulling on our affections. Somebody says something to us. Somebody doesn't say something we hope they said to us or whatever it is. And gradually, if we're not careful, our hearts can slowly get out of alignment with God and his word in the direction that he has for us, and we slowly start getting off track. I believe that this is a season as we enter into this new year, into this new decade, that God wants to get his church on track. He wants his people on track in alignment with his plans and his purpose for your life. So that's what we've been talking about, staying on track. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. 
Um, I'm reading this from the Passion Translation uh, today. We looked at the scripture last week, and for me, really, this is like the foundation, the basis, the theme verse for this series. It says, this is why it's so crucial that we be all the more engaged and attentive to the truths that we've heard so that we do not drift off course. Um, you know, the Bible is full of that phrase, so that. God gives us, hey, be careful of this so that you don't end up here. If you live this, live this way so that you can be blessed. Like the, he's full of this so that language. That, uh, and here is that language he's saying it's so crucial that we're all the more engaged. So maybe in 2019 we were engaged in, you know, in reading. We read our Bible every day. We, we tried to go to church sometimes. Or however engaged and attentive you were to the Spirit and what he was saying and to the Word of God and what God was moving and how he was doing and, and all those things. And, and we were attentive and that time he's saying all the more in this new year all the more be even more engaged be even more attentive to the things that God is saying why so that we don't get off course so that we can stay on track in other words if we want to stay on track in this new year it's going to take us being more attentive to God's word and what he's saying to us to be more in tune when he speaks to us and hearing what he's saying it's going to, what it's going to take from us. So today, the word of the Lord is this, living according to God's principles. Living according to God's principles. Um, I went to Oral Roberts University there in Tulsa where I grew up. I got my bachelor's degree there. Um, and the interesting thing when you get into high school and you get into college is you're assigned um, this, this person that works there called a guidance counselor. And the job of this guidance counselor is to help you graduate with a degree and get there on time or possibly early. So the guidance counselor will come and they will give you a plan. They'll give you a course outline. They'll give you, the, hey, these are the courses you need to take. This is how many you need to take. This is the year you need to take them in. And what's interesting is if the student will choose to follow that plan from the guidance counselor of taking these courses and doing all that, then they get to the end of the time at the school and they'll be ready to graduate. They'll earn their degree and they'll be ready to take the next step but the students don't have to do what the guidance counselor said it's just guidance you can do it or you can do something different the challenge is if the students do something different than the plan that's put in front of them then they're like "Ah, I don't want to take that many courses that's a that's a heavy course load or uh, I want to take some more electives or some classes that aren't as hard or some classes that are more fun and then what the problem is that then you get to the end of your time at the school there and you're you're not ready to graduate you didn't earn the degree because you didn't follow the plan God has a plan for us he has a purpose and a, a plan for our lives. And he's given us a roadmap. He's given us a direction on how to achieve that plan to live this life to the fullest and be effective for his purposes in this life. And by the way, you have a guidance counselor too. His name is the Holy Spirit. And he speaks to you everything that he hears from the Father. So you can trust his voice when he speaks to you. It's so good. Glory to God. That is good right there. The truth is we can live our lives any way we want. We can live our lives according to God's plan, according to his principles, or we can live our lives according to anything else. And people do. So many people these days live their lives according to pop culture. 
Whatever their favorite movie star or singer says or does or posts, that's what they're going to say, do, or post, right? Whatever is going on, you know, whatever their favorite news person or their favorite political person believes in and supports, that's what they're going to believe in and support. Whatever that person hates, that's what they're going to hate, right? And all these things, people align their lives or model their lives according to all different kinds of things. I'm just saying... We have the opportunity to live our lives according to what the creator of the entire universe has said and what he does. We have the opportunity to live according to his principles. You know, the very one that created you took some dust and put you together and blew life into your lungs and put you in this period in 2020 right here of victory in East Orlando for his purposes. Right? He's the one, the very one who puts the stars in the sky and causes the sun to rise and the morning, the one who sends the rain upon the earth, the one who sustains you and gives you life, that one, we have the opportunity to live according to what he has said and what he puts out there. Why in the world would I want to live according to anything else? Man, so true, living according to God's words. Um, Another way of saying living according to something is what am I modeling my life after? What am, I, uh, what am I looking at as my influence? Where am I focusing my life? What is my foundation? What is the, the lens through which I see everything and I take everything in? It's the foundation for how we make our decisions and what a privilege it is for us to live according, to model our lives according to God's word. Let's give God some praise today if you're grateful for his word today. Yeah, his word is powerful. So we're talking about living according to God's principles. God's principles would be his laws, right? His, his word, his, uh, his teachings, his ways, how he thinks about things, how he, he likes things done. His principles, the things he's put into motion in this world. And the truth is God's principles always produce what they say. His principles always produce. So what do God's principles produce? It produces peace. It produces joy. It produces love. It produces contentment. It produces, uh, it produces wealth. It produces prosperity. It produces health. It produces all kinds of things. Everything that God has said for us, it produces those things. It produces completeness. Yeah, that's a good one. Some of us, this is our year for completeness. Um, how many of y'all know that it's important to know how to use something? <laughs> you know, when you get that new phone and it's got all those new features and you don't know what to do. Like, it's important to know how to use something. And the one who knows how to use that thing best is the manufacturer. Because the manufacturer made it, put all the features in it, put all the stuff. So it's, it only stands to notice that the manufacturer knows how to use the thing best. Um, uh, recently, I've been, I had been saving up some money to buy a drone, uh, fly around and... Uh, so I saved up all my money. I finally got enough money, and I bought the drone. I was so excited. I'd watched all the, you know, the promotional videos online, and I'd done a little bit of reading and stuff, because I, I was just excited about all the cool technology inside of this thing and all the stuff that it could do. And so it shows up, and I think, I'm just going to get this out of the box, right? Because, men, we're notorious for not wanting to read the directions. Come on. <laughs> ladies, don't you be laughing at that one. I hear you ladies laughing. It's all right. I may or may not be guilty of that. Um, So the drone comes. I open up the box. I get it out. I'm charging the batteries, and I think I'm just going to put this thing together, get it up in the air, and it's going to be so awesome. 
And as I began to unbox it, I began to realize there's, there's a little bit involved here, and I need some help. <laughs> like I, probably can, I can probably get it in the air, but I'm going to have a problem, a real hard time figuring out all of the features and making use of everything that's packed into this little drone. And so what I had to do is I had to get online and read the, the manuals and I had to watch some tutorials made by the manufacturer because the manufacturer knew better than I did how to operate the drone. And so once I did that, I was able to use it, do lots of cool things with it, and now it's fun. But had I not done that, that drone would have just sat there and been an expensive piece of flying plastic. And I never would have been able to really utilize and, and make use of the technology and the features packed inside of this thing. It would have just been a big bunch of expensive potential. And too many of us live our lives like that drone. We think that we can figure it out and just make things work and get through this life and re without realizing that God made you. He's the manufacturer and he knows best. He knows how we work best. And so if we would just go to the operating manual that he gave us, then we can figure out how to make our lives be full of the potential that he put inside of us. See, you're not meant to be a bump on a log. Okay, I got four people over here who aren't bumps on a log who agree with me. You are not made to be a bump on a log. You are not made to just get by in this life. You are made to rule and reign in this life. You are made to excel in the power of God. You are made to be significant. You are made for miracles to flow you. Jesus said, those that follow me will do greater than I've done. Yeah, so you are made for great things. But we've got we've to figure out what God has said, and how we can live that life, or else we're just going to be a person that's full of potential that never walks it out, that never experiences it. Man, I believe that's why, that's one of the reasons why uh, people who don't know Christ are so tired of people in the church, because the people, so, they've experienced so many people in church who only are, are that way. They only like, they have some things, but they don't have the power in it. God wants us to get on track. James chapter 1, verse 22, it says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Uh, when I grew up uh, in the church I grew up in, there, there was this phrase that was said all the time, be a doer of the word. And uh, that, this is where that phrase comes from, be a doer of the word. Being a doer of the word simply means we act on what the word says. We act on what the Bible says. Like, this is my basis for am I going to be involved in this or not be involved in this? Am I going to talk this way or not talk this way? This is the thing. Like, this is what I'm going to act on. This is what I'm going to base my life on, being a doer of the word. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm a doer of the word. That's right. So if being a doer of the word is hearing it and then doing it, what's on the other side? That's the person who just hears the word and then doesn't do anything with it. It just stops there. Well, that was a great message today, Pastor. I took some notes. I'll put them on the shelf. Maybe I'll use them later. Uh, I read some great scriptures in the Bible this week. Those were good. Thanks for that. But just hearing the word and not doing it. James says that person deceives themselves. So the devil's not even involved. <laughs> So they've deceived themselves. To, to, to be deceived means to believe something that's not true. 
So they've deceived themselves. And so then somebody comes along and starts complaining in their ear. Starts gossiping. Blah, blah, blah. And before long, they're wrapped up in this whole world of complaining, gossiping, bitterness, offense, strife, and every other evil thing because they are deceived. They can't recognize anything else because they're only hearing the word and never doing anything with it. They're never putting it to work in their lives. They're just a hearer and not a doer only. It's so important for us to become doers of the word. James goes on. He would explain it to us another way, the same principle. He says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Now, <laughs> now that's strange. Have you ever done that? I brought a mirror today, you know, and be like, any of y'all wake up in the morning and talk to yourself? Hey, good looking. How you doing? If you don't, you should try it tomorrow morning. It'll change your day. Come on, just, just tell yourself, you know, and be like, hey there, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, just, you look at yourself. I know y'all get, get in front of the mirror, you know, you're like, <laughs> strutting in the morning. I, you can laugh about it right now, but I, I know what goes on. I know the truth. You're looking in the mirror, brushing your teeth, making, making sure you look good, nothing in my teeth, make sure my eyes look good, eyebrows looking good. Ladies got the hair looking good. You got to make sure it all looks good. And then we go out, and James is saying the person who just listens to the word and doesn't do anything with it is like someone who does all that, sees themselves, and then goes out, and they're like, hey, what happened to your hair? Hair? I have hair? What color is my hair? Now, when was the last time you forgot the color of your hair? When was the last time you forgot where your eyeballs were at on your face? No. We can all look at a picture of ourselves from like 30 years ago and point it out because we recognize our face. We don't forget what our faces look like. And yet this is what James is saying. What happens is that when we only listen to the word and it never becomes an active thing in our life, that our lives are actually based on those things that we heard, then it's just like that. Like we can't even remember what we look like. Man, that's wild. He goes on. He says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and we're in, we're in an elementary school. So conjunction, junction, what is your function, right? Come on, somebody. That conjunction there and means the two things go together. It's not or, but it's and that go together. So the one who looks into the law of liberty, the one that hears and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. Everybody say doing it that person will be blessed in all they do. The one who hears and does will be blessed in all they do. So in other words, if we want to be blessed in all we do, then we need to not only hear the word, but begin to do what the word says. It's so clear. On the other hand, if we're those that just, we just want to hear it and we don't want to ever do anything with it, then we shouldn't expect to walk in all the blessing that God has for us. It's so clear. He's laid it out for us right here. This is, this is the pathway that God has given us to living a blessed life. So how do we do it? How do we begin to model our lives according to God's principles? It's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. So I want to give us today four keys to living according to God's principles. Four keys. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. The first one is this. We need to get wisdom because it is available. Get wisdom. It is available. Everybody say, it's available. it's available. That's right. Godly wisdom is available. Um, you know, in this life, we can work uh, to accumulate a lot of things. We can achieve a lot of things in this life. But uh, I wonder when was the last time we stopped and we asked God, God, what are the things you want me to get in this life? What are the things you want me to accomplish 
with my life. One of those answers he gives us right here in Scripture, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, he says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all of your getting, get understanding. Now, the wisdom that he's talking about here is not just like getting a bunch of degrees, getting education. Education is good. We need education. But what he's talking about right here, wisdom is the principal thing. He's talking about godly wisdom. The wisdom that we gain from Scripture. The wisdom that we gain from not just memorizing some things, but having revelation. A deeper understanding. What does this Scripture mean? And how do I then apply it to my life? Wisdom is the main thing. And if that's the main thing, then we better get the main thing. He's saying get wisdom. Get understanding. And sometimes people think, man, I just... I tried to get wisdom, and I just can't. It's just too difficult to understand Scripture sometimes. And I just, I, I wish God would give me wisdom, but I just don't think it'll ever be me. Listen, that is a lie from our spiritual enemy, the devil. James says God gives freely. You don't have to pay for it. He gives freely wisdom to anyone who asks and doesn't doubt in their heart. We see it again right here, Proverbs chapter, chapter 1, verse 20. Godly wisdom. It says, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. So God's wisdom, it's not hidden. It's not lurking in the shadows somewhere. It's not behind 18 closed doors. No, it's out in the open. Wisdom is out there saying, hey, godly wisdom is here. Come get it. It's free. Anybody want this? Wisdom is calling out. It says on the top of the wall, she cries out. At the gates, she makes her speech. So what is wisdom's speech? What is wisdom saying to us? It says, how long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Uh, this is so common in our world today. People mocking God, mocking his word, mocking those who believe in his word. You know, like, oh, that's just legalism. And we're progressive people. We're open-minded to new ideas and new influences. And all, all, like, people just mocking God's word. So it's so, so rampant. And here wisdom is crying out and saying, hey, when will we put an end to that? When will we be fed up with that kind of influence and voice in our lives? When will we quit being so simple? Some, but sometimes people substitute a different word there for simple. I'll let you fill in the blank there. Somebody will get that on the way home. It's okay. I know for me, one of the ways that I get wisdom when I'm uh, seeking God, one of the ways I keep my mind focused on, okay, God, if wisdom is the main thing, how do I get more wisdom? One of the things that I do in my life, just as a, as a habit, is I read a chapter of Proverbs every day. So if it's whatever day of the month is, today's the 12th day of the month, I'm going to read chapter 12 from Proverbs. Right? And it's just a great discipline to start your day. It's a, you know, 10, 15 minutes maybe to read the chapter and just so much wisdom. And if you just begin to put that as a daily practice in your life, man, you will grow in wisdom. You will begin to hear and see things through a different light. So we're talking about living according to God's principles. Here's the second key is that we need to be quick to repent got to be quick to repent. Wisdom continues her speech. Verse 23 says, repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts on you and I'll make known to you my teachings. So to repent means to make a course correction. Means I was going one way. Now I repent and I literally turn and go another direction. That's what repent means. It means to change direction, to go in a different direction. And here wisdom is telling us, hey, 
Turn from what you've been going after and turn to God. Repent from some things that we've been involved in that we've allowed to stay in our life where we've drifted away. Repent from some things and turn to God. And then what happens is that then we're able to understand things in a deeper way. Then all of a sudden revelation starts uh, coming into our lives. Then when we begin reading that the words come off the page and we begin to have uh, understanding of what God was saying in this moment. He says, he says, when you repent, then I'll pour my thoughts out on you. How many of you could stand that? God pour his thoughts out on you in a deeper way. Come on, I know I could in my own life. He says, I'll make known to you my teachings. That's having an understanding of the scripture beyond memorization. Some people stop at memorization. Well, I memorized, you know, 16 chapters of the Bible. Well, what did he do? Did you put it to work in your life? Do you understand what he was saying and all those things? Like, it's the revelation that allows us to apply it to our lives to go beyond head knowledge till it affects our lives, our thinking and our believing and our speaking. Like, it's this type of revelation that's available when we're quick to repent. When we're saying, God, I'm sorry I was going after that thing, and I'm turning to you. And sometimes we, we want to save repentance for a big sin. And that's good, too. But even in the little moments when we, when we sin, when we turn from God, like, man, be quick to repent. I would even add to that, be quick to forgive. Like, none of us are perfect. We're all going to miss it. So when, when we miss it, be quick to repent. When others miss it, whew, be quick to forgive. It'll just change everything. Here's the third one. If we're going to live according to God's principles, hold on tightly to what God has said. If you skip ahead two chapters to your right, Proverbs chapter 3, it says this. It says, my son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they bring they will bring you many days in a full life and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Y'all thought iPads were original. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. So here he's just giving us some wisdom on how to grow, how to, how to mature. You need some wisdom and favor in your job. You need favor with your boss. You want to experience, like he's laying it out for us all right here. He said, never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Like, don't forget the teaching that we heard from the Lord. Like, keep it on you so close, like you tie it around yourself like a scarf or a necktie. Never let it leave you. Some of us keep our phones closer than we keep the word of God closer in our lives. And here he's saying, hey, never let it leave you because when you live that way, then you find favor with God and man. Like it's so good for us. And then over the next few verses, he begins to give us wisdom in some other areas that we need. Verse 5, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways, and he will guide you on the right path. So, like, what if, what if we need some direction in our lives, God? Which direction do you want me to go? What's the course you want me to take? Uh, I don't know what career path to do, God. What do, you, what do you have for my life? What if we would just begin to trust him with all of our heart, with everything in us, abandoning everything else we put our trust in? What if we just began to, like, acknowledge him in everything? You know, not just the big stuff, not just when you get the raise, but what about, you know, when you go to lunch and you're praying, God, I got 30 minutes for lunch. Please make the lunch line short today and you get there and no one's in line but you and you'd be like hey thank you Jesus what if you just begin to break out in some praise right there in the big and the small in every situation because he says when we do that we acknowledge him in everything then he will direct your path and make your way straight that's direction for us verse 7 don't consider yourself to be wise don't be prideful like I got this see how smart I am see my degrees on the wall see how spiritual I am he says don't don't be don't 
see yourself as the wisest person there, but instead fear the Lord and turn away from evil. What happens when we do that? This will bring healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Come on, somebody needs to grab a hold of this today. So in other words, like instead of allowing pride to come in and rule in our hearts and rule our thinking and rule in our relationships, what if we instead just begin to fear the Lord and, and begin to honor him that way and turn from some things that are evil and stop allowing things to come into our home and stop being involved in those things and then God will bring healing. There will be healing in your body. There will be strength in your bones so that when you wake up in the morning and you get out of bed, it's not like, oh God, it's Monday. It's like, whoa, God, let's go. It's Monday, baby. You know, Caleb in the Bible, when, when the children of Israel were coming into the land, he was 80 years old, and God said, I'm going to give you this land that's on this mountain. You're going to have to go drive the enemies out. Caleb said, let's go, baby. I'm ready to drive them out. And so he drove, he ran up that mountain, and at 80 years old, took the mountain. I'm just saying, he had some strength in his body, and God has strength for your body. You don't have to go with what the world says, that when you get older, everything starts falling apart. What if we begin to get the word on our lips? What if we begin to fear the Lord and turn from some evil? Guess what? You're going to have health. You're going to have strength in your body. You're going to get to be 80, and you're going to be leading the dance team and all kinds of things. It's going to be good. I've got my inner T.D. Jakes about ready to come out on you guys in this place today. Praise the Lord. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. I ain't got no barns, but I got a bank account. I don't have a vat, but I got a refrigerator and a pantry and I've got a gas tank in my car and I could stand for those to be a little more full. Anybody else? He said, here, he's saying right here, he's saying, hey, honor the Lord with the first of your produce. Everything that comes into my hand, I'm going to honor him with the first. Everything that touches me gets honor to the Lord before anything else. And some of us just want the last part. We want the then. We want the fullness we want the overflow we want the completeness without honoring God first with the first produce and he's saying it's so clear it's right here if we would model our lives this way then we will walk in what the word says we will walk in then he says this in verse 11 he says do not despise the Lord's instruction my son and do not loathe his discipline a few chapters later it says uh, don't hate correction because those who hate correction are stupid so don't don't loathe the Lord's correction, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, just as the Father, the Son, in whom he delights. Ah, did you know God delights in you? God delights in you. Just, just, if you miss everything, get those three words. God delights in you. Uh, he's, he's not the guy that's up there pointing his finger at you. He, he just delights in you. He delights in you. He loves you. Man, if we would begin, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know about y'all, but what direction do you want your life to go? Do you want to, you know, have a healthy, a healthy body, a strong marriage, kids that grow up serving the Lord, joy, peace, patience, wholeness, blessing? Well, the direction to get there is here. It's in there. And the, the truth is the life in the kingdom is an open book test. Whenever we face any things or we have any questions or we're going through pain or going through turmoil, we can open up the book and we can begin to find something. We've got the best tools for knowing and, and, and living in the word than has ever been in history. And if, you, if you're like, well, pastor, I don't know where to find stuff in the book, then you need to get on Google.com and just type in what you're looking for and add the word Bible and it will bring it up and help you until you can know it on your own. 
And that's okay. There's no shame in that game. Use it if you got it. Like, that's a great example for using Google to help, uh, to help you know the word and find things in the word. Man, the decisions and things that we need to make are found in the word. There's wisdom in God's principles. What, pastor, you don't understand the depression that they're facing right now. You don't understand how bad it is when the anxiety comes and it hits and I just don't know what I'm going to do. You don't know how little I have and I just don't see how I'm going to make it to the end of the month and there's just no light at the end of the tunnel. Listen, God has answers for everything that we're facing right here. It's, it's in the book. If we would just begin to allow him to change us, to change our lives, to begin to put to practice some things in the word, then we'll begin to walk in the blessing that the word says that we'll walk in. we got to begin to live according to it. And the good news is you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't need 18 seminary degrees to figure it out. You just need a hunger for God's word and for his presence, to know his ways, to know his heart, to know his characters. Like, God, help me to see what you see. Like, God is available for those who are hungry for him. So we're talking about how to live according to God's principles. Number one, get wisdom. It's available. Number two, be quick to repent. Number three, hold tightly to what God has said. Here's number four. Follow the recipe. Now, I know that doesn't sound spiritual, but hang with me. Follow the recipe. Uh, Too often, people want God to be more like genie from Aladdin. They want to come, and I want to be prayed for, and I want everything to be better just like that. I want, you know, everything to end up the way, just the way that I planned it and the way that I hoped. And, I, you know, when I, when I put some money in the bucket, I want to walk out and see my new car and somebody's going to bless me that way. And when, I, when somebody prays for me to be healed, I, I want everything to just be perfect in an instant. And, and sometimes things happen that way. But, but more times than not, what happens is someone gets prayed for, someone gets healed in that moment, someone gets delivered. But then we go out and we live our lives. And the truth is, can I tell you, the way we live our lives has consequences. So what happens is people come, they get prayed for, they get healed, they get delivered, they get saved, they get set free. But then they go out and they just continue to live the same way they were before. Living the same life, doing the same things with the same people. And then they, what happens is that thing comes back. And then they're like, well, I guess God wasn't there for me. I want to go to a different place. That church, they don't even have the power of God there. And then they start blaming God. They blame the person who prayed for them. They start doubting God and doubting his word. Why? Because they never did anything with what they heard. They only listen. They're like, okay, I'm good now. I'm great. Thank you so much. But they didn't want to make any course correction. They didn't want to make any change. And so it didn't produce in their lives. It's so important for us to understand this principle. It's really hard for us to stay on track living a godly life if nothing in our life changes. If we're going to stay on track, there's some things in our lives that are going to have to change. When I was about 13 or 14, uh, that's how old my daughter is right now. She's 14 years old. She's serving in Victory Kids this morning. When I was about her age, I was getting ready to go on a missions trip. And so I was trying to raise money, and I was doing all kinds of things like mowing yards and that kind of stuff, doing work for people. And um, But... Uh, I, I, still, I was coming up on a deadline, and I still needed some extra money. So I, t- I was talking to my mom about it. She's like, hey, you, what if we sell some muffins? Because we used to, me and my mom would bake together. And so I was like, yeah, that's great. So she gave me some
some money to go out and I bought some supplies to make some muffins and I came home. She had a recipe there and so we made the muffins and can I tell you guys, I should have been on food TV. These muffins were so good. The best muffins you would have ever had in your life. I took them to church, you know, because that's a great place to sell muffins for missions, you know, a little, it's easy to grab, easy to sell. I sold out of those things like that. People were saying how good they were and I'm like, I'm a pro. Like cake boss got nothing right here. And so I was like, I'm going to do another batch. I'm going to go to the store. So I went to the store. I got my supplies. I'm in the kitchen. Mom was like, do you need help? I'm like, did you taste my last batch? I got this. I'm a, I'm a pro now. And so I began making. I was like, I don't need the recipe. I'm good. I remember what I did. I'm going along. What I failed to realize is there's a difference between a teaspoon and a tablespoon. Yeah. Y'all know where this is going. So I'm cooking away, and I put in my two tablespoons of salt into my muffins. <laughs> baked up. And y'all, I baked them up. I didn't even need to taste them because the last ones were so good. So I get them all packaged up. We're going to church in the morning. I'm all excited. Mom was running late, so she's like, she didn't get to eat breakfast. Give me one of those muffins. I'm hungry. I'll pay you later. So I give her one of the muffins. I'm like, be prepared for your taste buds to go to paradise. So she takes a bite in it. That was the shortest bite in the history of muffindom. You know what I'm saying? Like, that thing came out so fast. It's like, it was horrible. And I sold no muffins that day. It was <laughs> terrible. It was probably, it was good for me. But the truth is, that's how many of our lives are. You know, we have this experience with God where, you know, we experience his presence and we are, you know, we maybe are healed in a moment. Somebody prays for us. We maybe have those goosebumps on, you know, and we're like, oh, God is moving in this place. But then we go out and we're like, okay, God, I'm good now. I don't need you the rest of the day. I'll let you know when I need you because I got this. I had that moment with you and now I'm good. I'm set. And we go out about our lives and then we wonder why our lives taste so bad. Because we didn't follow the recipe. We didn't follow the plan. We thought we could handle it on our own, that we could do it without him. But the truth is, I mean, we can't do one thing without him. We need him every moment like you need your next breath. Like we need him. Uh, many times people are, are going about and they think they're following the recipe, but they're kind of trying to mix in some of their own ingredients. They're trying to keep their own kind of things and still have, God, I want you, but I still want this a little bit too. I brought, I brought a muff, uh, cake mix this morning. Can we make some cake this morning? Is that okay? Got my oil, got my egg, got my cake mix. Let me open this up here and get the cake mix out. Whoa. Told you I was a good baker. Got to be a little messy to be a good baker. Got my cake mix in there. We're going to get this egg. Where is it at? Got our egg in there. What? <laughs> Y'all never had cake before. Got my, got my oil. What's wrong? I got my oil. It says put in eggs and oil. So I put in eggs and oil. But y'all recognizing what this is, right? This is motor oil. It's not the right kind of oil. But many of our lives are like this way. We're trying to make a cake, and we're like, ah, I got the oil. I, 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 I'm not really prideful, but I, I'm probably better than they are at singing. 
I, I, I go to church when I feel like it. I know the Bible says not to forsake the gathering of yourselves, but I, I was just too tired today. Uh, I, I know the Bible says, like, like don't, don't associate, don't be around, don't be involved in impurity and sexual immorality, but we're just living together. It's not that big a deal. This is 2020 after all. And we're trying to make a cake with a little bit of good stuff and a little bit of, go- a, a little bit of bad stuff. But can I tell you, cake with a little bit of motor oil in it is still not good for you. It ain't going to be good for you. Don't eat this cake because it's not good for you. It's going to be harmful to us. And it's, this, this is so many of our lives are lived this way where we're getting off track because we haven't kept up with what God has said in his word. In the next few verses, this, it tells us what wisdom will do to our lives. Verse 13, it says, Happy is the one who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding. For she is more profitable than silver, and her revenue is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant, and all of her paths are peaceful. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her, and those who hold on to her are happy. Man, wisdom produces in our lives, and God is saying, hey, here's the path to experience life and to the for us to live in the potential that I have for you. It's found in wisdom. It's found in my word, but you got to begin to put it to work in our lives. And it's not because God wants to boss us around. No, it's because he knows what his word will do in our lives. And he knows what the, he knows what other stuff will produce in our lives. And he wants us to live in life, in life more abundantly, in life to the fullest. Let's jump to our feet all across this room today and begin to give him some praise. Begin to give him some thanks for his word. Lord, we thank you for the truth from your word, that it's alive and powerful and it comes into our lives. Lord, I thank you that your word speaks to us. That it's not just a book with some words on the pages, Lord God, but it speaks truth to our lives. God, I thank you that your word reveals your character. It reveals your nature. We can understand more about who you are and how much you love us and all the good you have for us through your word. So God, I pray that this week your word would come alive in our hearts. It would come alive in our minds and in our thinking. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. 